Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Even if I can't say the word right, I'm going to roll with it. Today's show is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2017, the marketing conference you don't want to miss. I am super excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Ryan Anderson Bell, And we'll explore what you need to know to get started with 360 video. What is 360 video? It's 360 degree fully immersive video. And it represents a huge opportunity for marketers. And it's a lot easier to create than you might think. If you want to email me, please email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by the one and only Eric Fisher for a brand new discovery of the week. Eric, what'd you find? This week, I found a really cool music tool to help you get more work done. It's called focusmusic.fm. Focusmusic.fm. Okay, is there any relation to focus at will, just out of curiosity? Only in that it kind of does the similar thing. (laughs) But other than that, no. And the reason I even bring it up is because I'm a I'm a diehard Focus at Will fan. But sometimes I use it so often that I recognize the tunes. And so that kind of snaps me out of the Focus flow, if you will. You're not supposed to get into the music, really, you know, when you're doing a tool like that. Right. Focusmusic.fm is brand new stuff. So it's a cool way to, like, alternate and try something different or new in that realm. And just kind of explain the principle behind both of these tools. Yeah. So the principle behind these tools is that what you want to do is when, when, and like busy marketers are, we've got to put our head down and get the work done. And so in order to do that, playing regular music, you know, with guitar and words and instrumentation, what it does is it distracts. It actually distracts us. It doesn't uh, help us hone or focus our mind. And, instrumentation, especially what I've found is, is like focus at, or sorry, focus music.fm does is, is does music called EDM electric electronic dance music. And so it's more beats. And what it does is it, it, the beats keep you in sync moving forward at a certain tempo and it locks you in, you know, almost like blinders on a horse. You're just, you're just going straight down the track. And I'm a user of Focus at will as well, and I love it, and I'm a subscriber, and I listen to it endless hours, and it really does. The concept behind both of these technologies is that there really is no break in the music. It just keeps seamlessly playing forever, so there is no opportunity for your brain to wait for the next quote-unquote gap to stop what it's doing and get distracted, and I found it to work amazingly cool. So in this particular one, focusmusic.fm, I believe I said that right, is that correct? Yes, you got it right. So with this one, how does it work? Is it an app? Is it just a website? What is it exactly? This one's unique in the fact that if you go to focusmusic.fm, that's literally the URL and the name, and there's a little play button, and then a left and a right for back or forward, and that's 
it. All it says other than that is music for work, productivity, and flow. And it just has that certain style of electronic music that's got a beat and moves forward, but it's not like get up and dance to it. And it doesn't probably provide you selections of different kinds of music, or does it? None at all. Yeah, it's it's super simplistic. And again, you could open up that that URL on any mobile browser and it would work just as well. And is there any cost to it? No, it's just, I mean, literally, it is this sparse website that I found that just does this one thing and does it well. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hit play and let's hear it right now. Hold on. Okay. Okay, so everybody can hear that in the background. Is it just the same tune nonstop or does it vary? No, it's going to vary. As time goes on over the course of the next minute or two, it's going to add in different variations and remove elements and add elements as you go. I'm actually rocking out a little bit. That's the problem, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's pretty cool. So, So see, this is the great thing about technology is we can actually bring a sample of it. I mean, I'm looking at it. It's so unbelievably basic. All it is is just got a play button. And um, so you've tried it out and it works for you? I did. Yeah, I used it for about an hour or two yesterday and today. Sweet. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Focusmusic.fm. You you got a little sample of it on the podcast. Hopefully you didn't break any copyright laws there. (laughs) Uh, Eric, thank you so much for bringing us that new find. You're welcome. If someone asked me if they could go to only one conference a year, what would it be? I would say it has to be social media marketing world. Best self-investment you will ever make. I didn't say that. Matthew David Smith said that, one of the attendees at the event. When was the last time you made a self-investment? Here's three reasons you should consider investing in social media marketing world 2017. Number one, 4,000 people just like you. 4,000 people just like you. You'll make priceless connections. Number two, the top speakers in the social media marketing world bring their best content, their A-game here. This means that you'll walk away with new and original ideas from the people you respect, like Guy Kawasaki, Mari Smith, Scott Monty, Jay Bear, Amy Porterfield, Ann Hanley, and many, many more. As a matter of fact, well over 100. Number three, San Diego, March Need I say any more? Get your tickets and say big right now. Here is what you need to do. First, go to socialmediaworld17.com. Then watch that video that you see right there on, on the page. And that's an actual walkthrough from 2016. And you can actually see what people experienced at the event. And then the last thing, number three, is to simply book your ticket now. If you book your ticket right now while you're listening to this podcast, we have significant discounts off of the regular price. Simply visit socialmediaworld17.com and make the commitment that you're going to self-invest in yourself. Let's transition over to this week's brand new podcast episode. To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest. I'm excited to be joined today by Ryan Anderson Bell. If you don't know who Ryan is, he's the head of studio for VR Scout, where he connects Hollywood to the world of virtual reality. He's also the director of Help Erase Project, a 360 video documentary designed to raise awareness of child trafficking. Ryan, welcome to the show. 
Thanks. That was the most concise intro of me ever. I appreciate it. It's great. Great to be on. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. So today, Ryan and I are going to talk about 360 video. Yes, 360 video. What do you need to know in this new frontier? Ryan is your man. So, Ryan, um, first of all, why don't you give us a little backstory? How in the world did you get started with 360 video and virtual reality? Oh, man. Uh, so it, it's it's a funny story because... It starts with live video, and I was speaking at CES on uh, the changing landscape of technology, and that was when they released the HTC Vive for everybody to kind of try out. And so right after that speech, I tried on the HTC Vive and then did Google's Tilt Brush and uh, the big blue project, and immediately I, I realized that it was all there. Because explain explain what that is, by the way, that tilt brush and stuff for people that don't have any clue what you're talking oh, I, about. <laughs> I'm sorry. So the tilt brush, um, in, in, um, in the HTC Vive, you're actually able to walk around in a physical space. And the tilt brush is drawing in that. So look at 1991 Microsoft Paint. This is 2016 Microsoft Paint, but it's Google Tilt Brush. And you're able to paint above you, around you. You're able to The paint kind of sticks in the air, so to speak? Yes, yes. So you're able to make these three-dimensional drawings that you can see and you can manipulate, and and it's beautiful. You can look up a, a very quick link, just Google HTC, I mean Google Tilt Brush, and you'll be able to see somebody creating art in there. And and so it, it's cool because it gives you that visibility that you can draw a portal and then walk through it, or you can write your signature out and put your arm through it. And so. Uh, that is an actual real canvas that you can create on. And I, I think I think at our hearts, our, our souls, we all feel like we're creators. You know, maybe we used to be, you know, many years ago, cave painters. And now we have this way to do all these cool digital things. And uh, So you were at CES and you tried this thing on and then what? I, 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 so I had a friend... Uh, who'd been working at VR Scout for a while. And I, I'd, I'd been very interested in, and, and I'd been talking to them and I'd been helping them out for a while. And so I, I started talking to Malia Probst and I was like, I was like, look, I know what you're doing and I want to be involved more, not just on the sidelines. And so uh, I, I went in and I'm, you know, I'm about to be 40. So I remember in the 90s, when the first wave of VR hit and it didn't, it didn't go anywhere because it wasn't ready yet. Oh, and I, I have memories of going to Vegas when I was in college and, um, you know, getting hooked up to this apparatus, right? And there was a big old machine behind it and, uh, and you would do very basic. It kind of reminded me of, of like the very first Atari 2600 game. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it, except it, yeah, you're, that's a very good analogy, very good comparison because it's very poly, it was very polygon graphic driven uh, back then and everything, it just, it wasn't ready. I mean, if you look at the history of VR, VR has been around since the 60s. We're talking, you know, private sector, but you have to look at technology in the way that a creator is going to be able to use it, like the Casey Neistat's, the, you know, the people that are, are creating good content, because that's what's going to be a tipping point to get you know, everybody on. And I, I think I, I think even though we are bleeding and cutting edge right now, 
it's not going to be but a, but about you know two more quarters until we really start to hit a stride because these tipping points are just starting to happen. So you you went to VR Scout and you said I want to be part of this and continue the story on how that led you to where you are now. So I started speaking more on it because I, I realized that there's this this thing where technology talks about itself first and then you start to talk about instead of the cameras and the guts you start to talk about what it can be and I like to look into the future I like to think about what we're going to be able to create so I started talking about that and I noticed people started listening I started writing about that I noticed that people started to hang on to to those those writings and uh I started playing with more of the technology and trying to figure out how to connect the technology because technology is nothing unless it connects to something else, unless it tells a story, unless it connects to social. And when I started figuring out that there were these kind of rough things that were happening in this duct tape world and I could figure it out, then I knew that people were going to try harder to make better and cleaner things. So we've gone very quickly from me playing with, you know, this big ball of GoPros, which is what the first things were, to these more finished products that are all inclusive, like the two 4K cameras that is the Samsung Gear 360. Uh, so basically, I ended up going down this rabbit hole, as you like to say into this point where now I am legitimately directing a 360 film and trying to really define how to tell story and how to convey a message, whether it's a personal message or whether it's a brand message. Uh, so that's it's it's just amazingly fun and amazingly exciting. And I, I think that my, my love of this is is kind of contagious. So that's why people like to have me around because I want to, I want to see what you're doing and I want to see how to do the cool things with you. Very cool. Now, now we know that uh, 360 video is kind of the on-ramp to virtual reality. So we're going to focus in on 360 video for the sake of this discussion. So why don't you tell all everyone who's listening, why should marketers consider 360 video? Why should we start dabbling with it and creating it? Well, I, I could give you this, you know, the boilerplate annoying answer because it's the future, but that's not really that's not really impactful right now. Right now, being an early adopter means you get to understand a language before somebody else does, and it's a very important language. And what that language means to you and to your brand is that you get to connect. So, what I mean by connect is it's this very intimate thing. It's this almost empathy machine. Because your brand is now talking to the masses individually in a way that it's never done before. So you're able to touch people. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how if, if, if you're out there listening and, and you, you can think about some of the movies or television shows that you've seen that have made you cry or, or, or made you frightened or anything like that you have to realize that the most scary movie you're ever going to see is going to be in 360. The most impactful emotional news story that you ever see is going to be in 360 in a war. But why is that? You know, we're using an audio medium to communicate this, right? Why, (laughs) why is it that, why is it that you're saying we're going to have the most impactful response with 360 video? 
because it's something you can't look away from for that time that you're you're in there you're you're in there you're not just hearing the audio like in a pod, podcast you're not just seeing video you're you're seeing all around so i wrote a screenplay once and it started with this line a bottle breaks next to you because in this you get to be someone else you get to feel what it's like to be a syrian refu- refugee or you get to feel what it's like to to be Alton Sterling, I, I went through that experience in VR. You, you you get to have a more empathic, more real way because this canvas is so big. It's not this flat screen. It it, it takes over everything, and you're able to see scale, which can be scary because, yeah, you can see a big Iron Man or or or, or whatever on a TV or a movie screen, but if you're in a headset, that thing can seriously look thousand feet tall so i'm going to give my perspective on this i think that 360 video provides a lot of benefits to marketers that go beyond what you're talking about because not everyone today has a headset but they do have the ability with the smartphone to experience 360 video um, in a limited way by simply holding their phone up and moving it around and i still think there's a benefit to that and i'm going to say that there's a certain kind of coolness and experience factor that comes from even just the ability to put on a headset and to look around and kind of experience something, even if you still see the world around you. And I think that when the day does come where most consumers have headsets, that's when it's going to be awesome. But I think today you can do it and you can be the first perhaps in your space to do it. And what I really want to do is um, kind of lay out what we can do with it next, really, if you don't mind, uh, Ryan, tell us like what are some things that we can do with 360 video? Maybe you've got some examples that you might want to zoom in on. So I was just at TechCrunch Disrupt, which is uh, where startups really, really go to showcase their things. So HBO did an event where they were showcasing Westworld. And uh, they were showing kind of a behind the scenes story of, of what's going on. But then you 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 go backwards and you look at what Tom's did last year. Tom's the shoemaker, which is the virtual giving trip. So they went to some poor areas in the in the world and gave away shoes and just documented it with with three sixty. And you're completely right because most people are viewing that on a computer screen or on their phone and looking around and able to see this whole landscape. And uh, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. So there's a lot of marketers that are doing amazing things with that. But I want to see what the the future of this is. Well, I think that I mean, if I just brainstorm with you a little bit here, um, some of the things that a marketer could do today with a 360 video is go on to location wherever you happen to be. You know, um, for example, if you own a restaurant, go in the kitchen and film an example of what it's like during prime time, right? Um, if you are if you are a business that has like a uh, lots of people working there, why not record a video of what it's like uh, to work there, right? And you could, it could just be a short video where people can look around and see like where, where the stuff happens. Just right. even short experiential videos. If you have an event or a conference, you know, you could record different kinds of experiences. If you're in real estate, right? I mean, you could record different rooms in the house or even do a 360 walkthrough. I mean, these are some of the things you could do, right? 
That's perfectly it. Yeah, I, I want to see uh, the restaurant. I want to be next to the executive chef. I want to feel like I, I'm there. You know, there is a there is one real estate app that is basically the 360 of of Zillow, where you can look around in in this space, and it's very easy to do by using a pretty inexpensive camera to take these pictures, and then be more knowledgeable of the home than just regular pictures. You know, it, it gives you that feeling of of actually being there. So, why, don't yeah. you, why don't you share a little bit about what you're doing with your uh, documentary, what you're trying to do at least? Okay, that's a, that's a pretty difficult thing because we're, we're trying to tell story, we're trying to go narrative, and we're doing very point of view. So this is for erased child trafficking. And we're doing it point of view of a child. And so um, what we do is we, we, we're putting the camera at four feet high, which is the average height of a four-year-old, which is when we as humans start to really retain memories. And, and, and so having that height, we're able to convey that message of who the character is. We will have other episodes where there is the, the hero character because we always want to leave – empowering the person to feel like they're you know they're doing something important by sharing this message out uh, but what we're doing with 360 video is not just the height of the camera but it's also the spaces that we're using so we're using constrictive small spaces to show this trap feeling and then we're using these expansive huge ports these these places of transit to, to show travel and to show openness and to show possibly freedom or or a feeling of loss so it's a different mindset that you have to go into where, where you're like why are we doing this in vr why why are we doing this in vr and uh i, I think the point of view aspect of it for most storytelling is is going to be the most impactful and the most empathic the most the thing that drives the most of the chain through your heart like like Wow, this really hits me hard. Well, i i want to I want to focus on where we can publish three hundred and sixty video, and um, and I want to get into focus points too because I think it. Well, actually, let's just let's just um, start with where can you publish three hundred and sixty video. So there are some small places, but the big places that we we need to as marketers are, are going to be YouTube and Facebook. Uh, there, there are other places like Zeality or Oculus or, or, or things like that. But it all boils down to where we're going to get the most views, where we're going to get the most bang for our buck. Because Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's good news for everyone listening to this podcast because chances are pretty good you have one or both of those accounts. And I can tell you from having fiddled around with Facebook, it's as simple as uploading a video and then it identifies it as... Um, 360 video. Now, I don't remember if it was YouTube or Facebook, and you may or may not be familiar with this, but in the last couple of weeks, one of these two guys came out with something that I think is called Focus Points, and I think it might have been Facebook. It may have been YouTube, but the idea is that somewhere on your timeline, you can say, hey, at this moment, refocus the, the, the 360 video person's experience to this particular moment in time. Are you familiar with that at all or no? So the yeah I don't know if it, I, I don't know if we're talking about the same thing but I think it's Facebook and some of that was uh, based around heat mapping where you can look at a certain area for a certain amount of time exactly I think that's it and the yeah. idea is it, the idea is you don't want people to miss something important therefore you can kind of essentially um, move the 
frame of reference of the viewer over to that particular location for that period of time. Does that sound right? Am I describing that properly? That's ex- so that's heat mapping. Yeah, that's uh, that's through Facebook, and uh, it, it's an amazing program that I think is going to drive story. Uh, to where, let's say, for instance, you've got a motorcycle on one side of the screen and then you've got a cave on the other side. So the story is driven by, say, you look at the cave for a little bit longer and then seamlessly that's where you end up going in the next chapter of the story. So these these future stories that we're creating or future it's like, it's like you're on a track almost, right? Or it's, it reminds me of the haunted cast, the haunted house at Disneyland, right? Where you're in the chair and it moves you to look in the direction you want to look in at the right moment, kind of, right? Right. right. Oh, it, and that, that's so exciting to me because, you know, you can use light and you'll be able to use sound to drag the attention of the viewer because there's so much to look at. And, you know, right now we're very early and we don't have whatever special swivelly chairs or, or, or that we'll have in the future. Uh, but right now we as content creators, we need to know where to put people's focus, where people should be be looking. And we, we need to know how to put that focus, whether it's just the starting focal point of the camera uh, when you go into that experience or whether it's some kind of whiz or drag or, or arrow or whatever. It's, it's a very interesting thing to define. Well, I've also heard that there are some third-party technology that somehow uses sound and depending on where you're looking and where you are, kind of, it, it can it can kind of dynamically alter the sound. Like if you look away from the sound, it'll reduce the sound, and if you look towards, it'll get louder. Which I think is amazing that all this technology in de- is in development. You know where I want to go with this, Ryan, is let's talk about the equipment because a lot of people might be like, okay, I'm willing to try since I know I can put some stuff on Facebook and YouTube and begin experimenting with this, I'm willing to try a 360 video project. What do I need to record it? So my favorite, and I, I'm going to tell you a bunch of things that I don't get paid for or sponsored for or anything like that. I really like the Samsung Gear 360. It's a very simple thing and it shares out very well to Facebook or, or as well as anything else. So is that a camera? Yes, it's the Samsung Gear 360. And basically, it's two 4K cameras with fisheye lenses. So, I mean, all this technology, if you really boil it down, is not that high tech. I mean, 4K cameras are awesome. But this is a $350 piece of machinery that automatically stitches everything. So, you don't need to do any type of post production. It's just take the picture, take the video, does everything for you. It's ready. Uh, is it better than the Ricoh Theta? In my opinion, yes, it is, but there's a uh, Nikon just yesterday announced uh, a camera called the Key Mission that's coming out for the price point of $499. it will come out in October, and uh, I mean, basically, that's what I want for Christmas. So, Mike, you can get that for me. <laughs> well, let I'm, me ask you this. So, it's recording in 4K uh, video, right, which is kind of like the ultra high definition that we see on TVs and stuff, but even though it's recording in that kind of quality your eye is not seeing 4K video because you're just seeing a portion of it, right? So is it, does, it kinda, does it still create kind of a 1080p kind of an experience for the user or is it even more bitmappy than that? It's more bitmappy. I, I think that we're still in this very beginning stage. You know, to go to a different level, we're talking you know, monoscopic versus stereoscopic. And I don't want to get too nerdy on you, but it, it's just Like add another couple zeros to the cost of the gear or something? 
So, so the views camera is coming out, and it's basically two eyes. So there's more depth and there's more quality. So it's two cameras um, on on four different sides. So it's grand total of eight cameras, and because it's looking at the world like it's got two eyes, just like they're they're spread apart, just like your your eyes and my eye, you're able to see more more depth. Um, I think that most of the content that's coming out now for creators like like me, like like most of the creators and people that are that are listening to this, they're going to be created by these cameras that are just monoscopic because there's not as many layers of complexity. The more layers of complexity you add, the more stuff you have to fix when it when it messes up. So, do you have a Samsung Gear 360? I have six of them. So. Um how much can you store on, how long of a video can you make? So uh, that's one of the problems I've had with that. You can make a very long video if it doesn't overheat. Uh, that, that camera, it's one of its falling points is it, it tends to overheat. I was in Miami and I could not take video for more than six minutes, unfortunately. Oh, really? Because, wow. Yeah. So, uh, but I also figured it out that you can't, you, you shouldn't have it, uh, constantly tethered to your phone because you're able to look through your phone which is one of the biggest selling points of this camera as you're able to look at the live feed and see where the stitch is because like as a as a creator with 360 the main thing that you're trying to always dodge you're always fighting the stitch like every time yeah because well you don't even want to be in you don't even want to be in the picture when you're filming it right so that's the challenge right <laughs> Yeah, like like that's that's what I do. That's all I do. I spend my time hiding and then worried worrying about somebody stealing my camera. So that's- okay, so this brings up an interesting point. Since it's three sixty, unlike a traditional set where you have all your equipment and stuff, you don't have that going on here. So how do you actually set this up so that it doesn't so you don't have a mess? I mean, because that does create a bit of an, a creative challenge, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, it, it does, and I, I love that. So that's why I call it either the the duct tape phase or the junkyard phase. You've got a a monopod so that you're not able to see anything underneath you. You've got a ring of mics made by some specialty shop or something like that that goes around like a like a cuff uh, on on the monopod. Or you're doing a lot of work in post where you're recording. Uh, different voices that are, I mean, I've even seen people do it where they've got their iPhones in their chest pocket recording their voices and then they're putting it together in post. Huh. Well, I would, I'm, I'm a podcaster. I've got a Roland digital stereo recorder here. I would imagine if I rigged this upright, I could put it underneath the, uh, the video camera and capture all the audio and stereo and then in post-production, sew those tracks together. But you bring up a good point. So first of all, a monopod, how does that thing stand exactly? I'm familiar with what a tripod is. How does that thing not fall over? Oh, it, well, it's, it's, it's basically a stick with a tiny little tripod at the bottom. I see. And, and it, yeah, it's kind of precarious. And it, as someone that directs and judges... Uh, 360 video, I tend to, as soon as I get into a 360 experience, I look down to the ground to see where... Uh, can, can you cover it up with like some sort of a, like, can you figure out a way to get creative about covering it up with like some surround, something surrounding like dead grass or something like that? Oh, yeah. In post, you can completely uh, do the top and the bottom. Oh, cool. Uh, 
Yeah, you, you can you can gloss that over, or you can even put a body on it. You can put a CG body so that you can you can feel like there's something there, some kind of avatar. Now, the audio thing you bring up is a very good point. So it sounds like the Samsung Gear 360 does it not record any audio at all? No, it it, it does, but it, you know, as you get further and further away, it gets worse and worse, and you want to record high quality audio. Like right now. It really stands out if you do something that has a high production value because not many people are. Everybody's just shooting. So let me ask you this on the microphone thing. Do you have some sort of a rig that you recommend for recording? Because you mentioned some sort of jerry-rigged ring of mics, and I just don't know whether it's something you actually have that you recommend. Not right now. Um, I was with the people that make the alley camera, the alley camera, and, and they had road mics on it. Uh, and, and this is the CEO of alley cam. Uh, that's actually the only camera that I know of uh, consumer facing that can go live video to YouTube. Um, but long answer, not really. Uh, there, there's a few companies that are out there. Facebook just bought uh, little big ears, uh, so talk to us about talk to us about kind of best practices because obviously you've got six of these things you've done plenty of things like what do we need to know because most people that are listening to this this is going to be their first time they've ever done a 360 video so um, let's assume we got a monopod and do you have one that you recommend by the way brand wise oh gosh yes uh, and it's cheap too there's one called uh, Smart Tree S M A R T R E E. It's like twenty bucks, and it, it's telescopic, so it goes from a length of about I don't know twenty inches to about fifty inches, and it, it's 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 the best because it doesn't have anything that juts out like a lot of the camera little triggers and everything that those those get in the way when you're filming, right? And and it, it takes away from the experience because you want to go, but. My my advice for anybody is is go go to your inner MacGyver and start figuring stuff out. Uh, I I I was buying I bought a Ron uh, Ron Popeil's pocket fisherman so that I could I could hang it like a Christmas ornament from the dock. Well, what you is know? that? I don't even know what you're talking about there. A pocket fisherman is is a fishing rod that was sold in the seventies. So oh, okay, I, wow. So because you're you're you know I was thinking okay I'm going to hang this like a Christmas ornament. So that I can I can get this and and have basically an invisible invisible mount. Huh. But but I think the main gist of it as a creator is you have to ask the question why why are you doing this in VR? Why is this a special event? You know why are we doing this medium? Why do I need to see 360 degrees? How does this further the story versus a flat screen? And that's one of the hardest things that I see people transitioning when they want to create because you have to be excited about it. You have to realize that this is an endless canvas, that this is a new way to tell stories that just hasn't been before. This is a new way to connect and that social aspect is coming to it as well that is going to be miraculous. I mean, it's just going to be a, a very cool way for people to to feel like they're 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 there, you know. I, I mean, my, my you know, Ryan. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to suggest, and you might agree or disagree with me. One of the things that comes to my mind, Ryan, is that people need to put their their head 
like maybe they need to get down on their knees and like act like they're going to be right where that camera is and then rotate 360 to see what that view is to see if that's even a good spot right like we've had funny enough we've had um we've had people put um 360 cameras on our stage that were really small and they didn't do that and they didn't realize that these cameras were too low and we had some women on the stage and it just was not going to be content we could use you know and these are the kind of things like you wouldn't even think about it until it's too late right so I mean, you know, these are the kind of things I would imagine we need to be thinking about. And I also think we probably need to be thinking about whether or not uh, we even have the right to do what we're about to do in the location where we're about to do it, right? Because there's going to be people that are there that may not be okay with you filming them in 360 and they might not even realize it. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I know it, it's been kind of difficult for me because sometimes I don't know what to do, uh, especially like if I need to get some film uh, done at a playground, for instance, you know? Right especially about a sensitive subject. So I recently went, uh, it, was, it was yesterday, I was at the playground at five in the morning so I could get some shots, like uh, think, think in the style of Breaking Bad, right. where it, it's time lapse. But yes, th- that, that question remains to be answered, in my opinion. Do you just put up something on a tree that says, hey, I'm filming in 360, you're going to be on film, are you okay with this? Let me know if you're not. I I don't know. Yeah, and I think these are important questions that people need to ask, especially if you're a business, right? Because if you're a business, there's a certain expectation that you're going to do things that are right so you don't get in trouble. And especially if you're a marketer, because if you're going to use this for marketing purposes, then you definitely do have to have permission of all the the actors, if you will, that are inside of that video. And I think that's very important. Um, what about lighting? I mean, I would imagine that's got to be a real challenge because you don't really have a person. You're going to, you're never going to be able to be in a perfect situation where lighting is not a problem because it's 360, right? Yeah. Lighting is H E double hockey sticks. So I've tried everything because there are cameras that are better at low lighting than others. And there are, are some that are just crummy. So there's a thing called Lumi Light, and it's just these little strong cubes. I've tried that. Uh, mainly it's positioning and doing right time of day because you don't have much of a choice. You just have to find out what's going on with your surroundings. And because you've got two cameras, basically, you have to remember that you're, you've got to position it where one's not looking directly at the sun, where... You mentioned something about post-production, and that scares a lot of people. Um, is it possible that I could just hit record and then stop it and watch it and just maybe crop the front and back as I'm running out from the rock <laughs> you know, and call it a day? Or is there a lot of editing that we need to do to make these things actually work? So for the consumer-facing stuff, it's going to be there, – there's not much post that you can do. So that's kind of good news. I say start with your toes in the water by taking these pictures. Like I like your your example of uh, the restaurant because you, you know think about having all these beautiful wine glasses filled with nice red wine and some steaks and everything like that. Some pretty people smiling and cheersing. That's a wonderful vision of what your restaurant is. If it's a white tablecloth restaurant, I, I don't think that as as regular consumers of these, you know, initial cameras that are b- b- beneath five hundred dollars, you're not going to be worried about posts that much. You're going to be worried about where it's going, and you have to keep in mind that the mo- most of the ones that are coming out now, you're going to be able to see what's going on live before you hit 
cord. Like that's why I really push the Gear 360. That's why I really am going to be pushing that Nikon when that thing comes out. By the way, I want that for Christmas. <laughs> well, and if someone does try to pull these uh, into some sort of editing software, they're probably going to realize it looks really wonky, right? I mean, it's going to be don't they kind of take a the camera and kind of I mean, I've seen some of these 360 videos um kind of unedited and they look like this weird like uh like the like these maps of the world that they kind of spread out that are meant to be circular <laughs> do you know what i'm saying they do yeah so editing them is going to be confusing for someone who doesn't have the right kind of editing software anyways right so um i would imagine maybe you could even be on camera and say hey we're here inside the restaurant and uh, i just want to talk for a minute and kind of explain what you're seeing and that way you can be in the camera you could maybe have a lapel microphone on you right and then it could be raw and um, kind of like live video is raw. Is there is there anything wrong with that? I think that's I think that's the perfect way to look at it. And you know, if you want to do more professional stuff, there are people out there that do that. You know, a, a, a stitcher that is going to be able to do you know these high price cameras. They're going to cost about $500 a day. That seems like it's industry standard. And all industry standards are going down right now. So but they're going to deliver you a much better production, I would imagine, right? Yeah. And then, you know, you have all these companies that rent out the, these things. And when they rent out, it comes with the, with the cost where you get free, free stitching. So there's one company that I really like called Radiant Images. And they've done a lot of the stuff they did, you know, like what's the. What do you mean by free stitching, by the way? So if you rent a, say you rent a, a sixty thousand dollar camera and you spend three thousand dollars to to shoot for an entire day, then they're going to put all the video together. They're going to stitch all these cameras things these these cameras events together to make one good product. And the end result will be something much higher resolution, I would imagine, right? Very clean. So let me give you an example of, of, of kind of what stitching is. So uh, they they did a live video of Conan O'Brien. So they had, they had this huge box where it was like a, a switcher. So switching between all these cameras. And there was a guy that was sitting there. His name is Dirk. And he's sitting in um, a headset watching which camera Conan was walking through so that he could switch cameras live while while having his hands on the right buttons. Oh, it's so almost like a TriCaster would do at an event or something, you know, where you have these different cameras and presentation and you're dynamically switching in between which ones are going to be best so you don't have to do any post-production. Right, exactly, exactly. What's, what's old is new. You know, it, it, that's what makes it so fun is, you know, we get to kind of see the future because we're we're talking about what you've done with podcasting. We've seen what's happened in cinema. We we know what's what's going on with tricasting. It, it's it's all a lot of the same. And so that's when I see this tipping point starting to, starting to occur. Is when these creators get excited and people that want to show this video and want to want to do aerial shots or drone shots or underwater shots that really have the reason and really ask the question why VR and then they come out with some product they come out with something and they they hold it up to the world and they say this is why VR and then everybody gets it I I, I like that feeling when everybody gets it you know I think that's cool well Ryan we have just scratched the surface of what can be said about 360 video I want you to tell people more where they can find out more about you and all the stuff you've got going on so they can maybe watch this as it transpires because obviously this is a work in motion. 
So, yeah, I, I, I'm a big Twitter fanboy. Uh, follow me at Ryan underscore A underscore Bell. I use that as my signature on everything as well. Uh, so, uh, and, and follow VR Scout. That's one of the biggest media companies in VR. And our, our real mission is to connect the world to, to VR and to show some of the best stuff. And we're going to be doing some very special things in the future and amplifying the good and it's just such a it's it's such an amazing time and if you have any interest in it start to scratch the surface of why you want to do it and start to figure out and ask yourself the question of what you're excited about but reach out to me you know I'm 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 on Facebook as well Ryan Anderson Bell and uh follow me there but I got to tell you the truth I'm I'm most active and have the most fun on on Twitter Ryan Anderson Bell, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us your insights about 360 video. You're the best, man. It was so much fun to talk about what I truly love with a person that I respect. Well, I hope you found some ideas and inspiration to decide to mess around with 360 degree video. It's really not as complicated as you think. Make the investment in some equipment and get creative because you have an incredible opportunity to be a first mover in your industry. By the way, if we mentioned anything like the equipment and you just didn't catch it all because you're, you're out and about, well, don't worry. We take all those notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 221. And if you're new to this show, do yourself a favor. Don't ever miss a future episode. Subscribe to this show. Hit that subscribe button on your podcast player. And the last thing is, isn't it time to make a self-investment in your professional development? Check out Social Media Marketing World 2017 by visiting socialmediaworld17.com. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I promise to be back with you next week. I really will. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.